Are you ever curious what other people's conversations about home birth is like with their spouse? What about a spouse who is definitely hesitant when it came to choosing home birth? This is one of the biggest concerns most women have when it comes to having a home birth. So today, in honor of our 10 year anniversary, I'm bringing on my husband to the show and we're spilling it all. You may be surprised that we don't agree on everything, but through it all, we very much love each other and want you to get a peek into what conversations can be like. Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth, and now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose, and I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. Before we end the show, I do want to thank our sponsor, The Wellness Company. It's winter time, and you know what that means. We have totally stepped away from the conventional medical establishment, but there are still times we think to ourselves, what if we need something? Well, I'm so thankful that The Wellness Company is there for virtual appointments, supplements, and if needed, medications. So check out their supplements and emergency kits and get 10% off using my code PHB. Okay, Corey, we have spent a lot of time laughing already, so hopefully we can get through this interview together with 
it being coherent enough for my listeners. But before we get in um, totally to the questions, would you just introduce yourself to my audience? Yes. My name is Corey. I am your husband, and I have waited a long time to be on this show. (laughs) There is a long line of interviewees, and (laughs) let me just tell you, it's such an honor to be here. So thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Of course. You are the best best guest I've had on yet wow. so Thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm very excited about it um so as I'm thinking about and talking about doing this episode with you it is our 10-year anniversary we're celebrating on the 11th and I was just reminiscing about how far we've come from the first time that we had talked about home birth and everything that we went through to get to that decision. It definitely wasn't easy and I know that there's um, other couples out there who are considering home birth for the first time and they're having similar conversations. So I would just love to kind of relive those and then hopefully help husbands out there who are hesitant, their their wife has this dream of home birth and they just don't know how to support her or they are feeling overwhelmed or hesitant um, on home birth in general and don't really know how to move forward. And also for women out there, I just, um, I know how scary it can feel to be so convinced that home birth is what you want to do and then have your husband not on board. So I hope that it's kind of twofold. We can talk to the husbands and we can also encourage the wives as well. So yeah, I would love to hear what were your initial thoughts? Well, I guess what thoughts did you have about birth in general growing up? What was your background like Mm -hmm. when it came to that? Growing up, I have, uh, you're pretty, pretty traditional, uh, culturally speaking, views on birth, uh, hospital births, never really was exposed to home birth, um, or anything like that. Um, I have a lot of siblings, I have eight, and each one of them were born in a hospital. I was 13 when my youngest set was born of three, um, and I remember being in the hospital for his birth. Um, and then along with the, the next two. And uh, yeah, it was just very normal uh, to be to be in a hospital to give birth. Uh, never really considered being in a home or that it could be done then. Yeah, did you, what did you think about birth in general? Was it a scary thing? Was it something that needed to be managed? What, what were your thoughts on birth overall? Uh, birth was, yeah, it was a bit scary. It was a bit scary because on TV, it's always portrayed as very, you know, painful. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of yelling, uh, a lot of panic going to the hospital when the water breaks. So yeah, it was a very threatening, <laughs> yeah. uh, threatening deal. Yeah. I mean, you're not the only one who has been influenced by the cultural narrative that birth is an emergency and something that needs to be managed. So um, that is very normal. But then we went through that together as a couple and we experienced the, you know, crazy emergency, water breaking. Mm -hmm. Can't say there was a lot of like 
screaming. We didn't get that far. Right. <laughs> but there was there was panic and it was not fun. So do you want to share a little bit about that experience from your perspective? As far as being in the hospital? Yeah, with our first. Yeah. I mean, it was it was nice uh, when we got there. I mean, it was, from my perspective, it was just we checked in. Um, I mean, checked in is like in a hotel, but it was almost like that. You know, the nurses, the doctors are coming in and waiting on you, um, checking on you. And it, I mean, we watched The Office for hours and <laughs> probably a movie or two here and there. Uh, when it was night, we slept, and uh, oh, actually, we got there in the evening. So mm-hmm. yeah, we slept that night. Um, and it, I mean, it wasn't until the doctors were saying that you were not progressing quick enough that you had even considered uh, an epidural. Mm-hmm. We had planned on having a natural as birth of, as possible in the hospital. You did not want an epidural or pitocin or anything like that. But because the doctor had recommended that, it had been, and at that time it was like, it was almost like 18, twelve hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. From but yeah, when they suggested it was probably hours. twelve hours. Yeah. Because when you were in your C-section, that was right. That at was 18. at eighteen hours. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, not until you started your doula business and being at these births and see I mean or even like our our other three kids and seeing how long labors could last the 12 hour mark was uh yeah like the doctor is saying that this is going to be be uh too long things are getting a little iffy here we might need to speed things up for the safety of the baby and for mom and so I'm I'm not going to question the doctor so I'm just going to go and trust what what she's going to say and um it was I don't like I don't think we really had any other frame of reference for what birth looked like. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so we uh, for the next six hours in labor, four hours or whatever it was from twelve to eighteen hours. So yeah, um, you were in pain. Was that you remember being in pain? I mean, I remember getting an epidural really shortly after they started Pitocin. Right. So I know I only got to about four centimeters dilated. Right. And they had already given me an epidural because I was so tired from not really sleeping all night. Mm-hmm. And so I remember finally getting some rest and for about two hours. And that's when kind of the panic hit and everybody rushed into the room. Right. So what was that like for you? Yeah. So that was, that was very scary because that's not how it was supposed to happen. That was not according to the plan. There is no, uh, rundown of how the birth was going to go, whether in the hospital or in our birthing class that was going to prepare us for that. I felt like, I mean, except for when our doctor had said, Hey, if this happens again, we're going to have to have a C-section. So when it happened again, I saw the look in your eyes, you know, tears, you're very sad um, that it was going to happen. And uh, so that was super devastating. Um, And they had me get changed. They were getting you ready. We went off to the uh, surgery room. Is Mm -hmm. that what it would have been? And just let the doctor do her thing. Um, Was there a curtain? I'm trying to remember if there was a curtain. I think there was. Mm And, uh, yeah, and there was not a baby, and then there was a baby, and I was super excited. Um, 
I remember telling you so excited. I mean, even in it, you know, there there is good out of the bad, and so we have a baby out of this thing, and I'm so excited. Find out our baby is a girl. Um, we hadn't found out to that point, and so it was super exciting for me. But then looking at you, it was just like there was not a real connection there. Um, yeah, what were you what were you feeling when you started realizing? Oh, this doesn't. Like, did you ever feel like, oh, this isn't right? Like, something feels off here, or? Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know if I kind of uh, chopped it up to the, to the, to the, all the medicine, to the meds in you, and thinking that, like, maybe you're just too numbed up to, like, really be aware of what was going on. But then afterwards, um... Yeah, I guess I, I was just trying, because like, so even when we were in the hospital, I think we were in the hospital for two nights after that, and you were trying to breastfeed, but it was really hard to latch at that mm-hmm. point, and you're frustrated about that, and so in my mind, it was just like, okay, this thing is hard, um, you know, getting used to a new baby is hard, getting used to the mechanics is hard, um, and then, so I think it, and up until that point, it was fine. It was really probably a few months later, like realizing that you still were having trouble connecting. And it wasn't that like you weren't showing affection towards Mm -hmm. our first or anything at all. Um, But there was just some postpartum depression, I Mm -hmm. guess, you know, that had hit that later we would find out it was because you hadn't really bonded. You haven't gone through the birthing experience of working together with that baby to be able to bring her to it just kind of we jumped the gun and and it happened and it now that you you know now that you're three home births in you've had three unassisted births when our doctor said you can you your pelvis was too small to ever have a birth without a c-section again like obviously it wasn't because you couldn't do it it was because we were rushed. It was because the medicine that was given to you, I'm not saying it doesn't have a, have a place and that might be, maybe it's one of those places where we disagree. I mean, um, I, I don't know, maybe in some instance that those things have a place, but that certainly wasn't the time for it. 12 hours in, I mean, with Isla, I think your, oh man, how, how long was her labor? <laughs> 26 hours. 26 hours. Double. Yeah. Double the amount of time uh, when they first gave you Pitocin and an epidural. And yeah. so... I think part of, I mean, so much of it was just a lack of education on what was normal. We did a hospital class together on what what birth should be and how to support me. And we felt like that was good enough. And, I mean, we quickly found out we had no idea what all of our options were. And we, I mean, I felt totally out of control. I didn't feel listened to. And I didn't feel understood after having a baby and I mean, people just kept saying, well, at least your baby's healthy, or I'm so glad the doctor was there to save your baby, and that, you know, good thing you were in the hospital, all of these things, and then I started connecting the dots, and yeah, I mean, when you had looked at me in the OR, like, that was dissociative, like, I was in a dissociative state, I didn't even, like, the baby that they were holding in front of me, I was saying, there's no way that's my baby, I didn't see her coming out of me I kind of thought I was having a boy that whole pregnancy so then Mm. the fact that they brought around a girl it's like there's no way this is mine and it was I I, there's no other way to explain that except 
being very dissociative in that moment and that's what happens with PTSD and I I know after talking to so many other women who have been through what I've been through that's not abnormal it does happen and um yeah man it's even hard to like kind of talk about that again but um I don't think I realized you thought we're having a boy yeah I really did I actually there was somebody I worked with it's so funny she had like six kids and we had done we had gotten a ultrasound at one of our appointments and she um saw it and thought she saw something that would make it a boy even though she didn't print off a picture of anything that would show this a is boy. your ultrasound this was my ultrasound with with my first. Mm. And so she was like, oh, I've had six boys. That's definitely a boy. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, okay, that makes sense. Like, she knows what she's talking about. Mm. So I had kind of held on to that thinking, well, it's probably a boy. And um, I had just, yeah, convinced myself of that. So hmm. that added to that dissociation that happened because I was like, I had convinced myself so much that she was a boy that when she came out, I was just shocked. I was shocked. Right. So, yeah, there, there's a lot. But thinking all of all of that, of the panic, of the overloaded medication, the you know, doctors saying I couldn't do something. I mean, everything in that, how how did you carry in that experience to when I said, you know, I want a home birth? Do you even remember when I said I want a home birth? Very vaguely. Uh, I think we're in the living room of our, of our last house. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit, a bit scary. <laughs> Um, cause I just like, yeah, again, I had no, I had no frame of reference for a home birth. And so it, I mean, that is something that was super scary because it's gotta be unsafe. There's a reason why we don't do it. Um, there's a reason why our society has advanced to hospitals Hmm. and, uh, to go back to doing it in a home just seemed not very smart. Seemed like we were going backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, you know, you had said, well, let's just let's just talk to a midwife and see what it's about. I don't remember how long it took for you to convince me to even talk to a midwife. But that made me feel more comfortable that I got to talk to this professional that's done this before. Mm-hmm. Come to find out our midwife had done many births. And was able to, like, I was just able to ask a lot of questions. And um, it was just nice to, I'm more relational. I'm a relational person. And so being able to talk to somebody that's going to be there and has the experience and that is going to be directing that, because, yeah, that was important to me. Um, You know, honestly, kind of like meeting our doctor uh, for... for I was going to say... That first meeting with our midwife was mm-hmm. probably longer than the time we spent in totality of my pregnancy with our doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably, probably. Because I, I looked forward to seeing our doctor every time because we, I mean, I don't remember how many appointments we had with our doctor, but I always wanted to be like in the in the vicinity of to get more comfortable and 
but yeah, we only had a little bit of time with her. That first meeting with our midwife probably was. I mean, it was she. Man, she was, was probably there for yeah over an hour. Oh yeah, I was gonna say maybe almost two. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was, that was good. That was good. That, yeah. That helped me think through it. So your initial thought was, why would we go backwards in time when we have advanced to hospitals? <laughs> why would we go back? And then after meeting with midwife and getting some questions answered, did you feel immediately better? Or what were you, what were your thoughts after that meeting? I don't know if I can say I felt immediately, but I did feel a, I felt better than I had before the meeting. Mm -hmm. It was still a process to accept or to uh, decide to have a home birth. But hearing how many births she had been a part of and hearing that the mortality rate really, I mean, from her numbers seemed to be better than the hospital, Mm -hmm. but even she had said that they were, if I remember right, they were about the same mortality rates, about the same home birth. So Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, it's no, it's no more dangerous doing it at home than in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be at home, you're not going to have the chance of having a C-section unless you are going to the hospital and it would have to be necessary. So the chances of repeating our last birth the chances were going to go down with having a home birth. So that was good. Having a strategy at that, we were about five minutes away from a hospital. Um, that was a good, you know, reputable hospital. And um, that brought me comfort that if something, like if, if, if you were going to need assistance and your life was in jeopardy, we could get you into a hospital very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that made me feel good too, just having that safety net. Yeah. And I think a lot of husbands don't fully think through that. (laughs) So I'm glad you said that. And what I always tell couples is choosing a home birth just expands your options because you're not totally ruling out a hospital birth. You always have the ability to go to a hospital, but when you choose a hospital birth, you don't always have the ability to choose home. So really it, it expands your options by, um, by choosing to be at home. And I think that helps a lot of people think through, okay, well, if I really do want a home birth and it's not limiting my options to go to a hospital, then why not? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that is a big holdback for people. But if you could kind of reminisce, think back to right after that appointment, what fears were you still carrying around? Like if you could really get specific about a fear that you had uh, when it when you thought about home birth, what would that be? Uh, losing you mm-hmm. would have been the main fear. Losing our baby would have been the main fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because that that would if it was safe, it, I would have no issue. If I thought it was safe, there'd be no issue in the first place. So, yeah, what? Well, um, yeah, I. I mean, we do we ever think about it? Like if I was to say, oh, yeah, I'm going back to the hospital. We're going to redo everything that we did. Would you have still been concerned about losing me and losing our baby? If we went back to the hospital? Yeah. Not losing you? It was Coralie that um, 
it was her heartbeat that dropped down to like 22 beats per minute. So I was in fear of losing her um, in that instance. Um, they had said that, uh, yeah, that like if her heartbeat dropped down, we needed to do it. So because it was it was the Pitocin that really accelerated that process, um, I, I wouldn't want that to happen again. So that would have been a fear. Yeah. But we have this kind of underlying, or maybe you had this underlying belief that um, a hospital equals safety. Yeah. And so kind of removing yourself or, or rewiring your belief system into home birth is just as safe, if not safer, than a hospital birth. Mm-hmm. Did you finally get there, or what was it like working through that fear? I would say talking to you, uh, talking to our midwife, um, watching you prepare and looking into some of the things that you were preparing for, you really got your mindset right, positive thinking, and um, just different, I don't know, like like different, I don't know if music was a part of it. You did Hypno Baby. It was just really getting your mind right. You were it was getting past the self doubt of I can't do this and doing that despite being told that you would never be able to have a vaginal birth um, was really impressive to me. If you wanted to do it that bad, then there must be some there must be some reason to hmm. doing a home birth. So uh, that yeah. That really made me take the conversation with our midwife. Not that I didn't take it seriously before, but it made me take it more seriously for sure. I wanted to think back on that um, and give it some legitimacy because, um, I mean, there, there's got to be a reason that you wanted to do home birth so bad. So it was just, I mean, it was partially listening to you. I mean, it was a lot of listening to you to make me feel okay with it. And then after that, it was the experience. Uh, the experience of having the home births go successfully. I'm not saying nobody will ever have to transfer, but we didn't have to transfer. And, you know, there were some instances to where we were maybe questioning that, but then everything was just going the way it was supposed to go. And we had three healthy births at home. Yeah. What is interesting, though, because this is, I think, worth noting, at every single one of our home births, transfer the question of transfer came up yeah and i think it is a testimony to when you are fully educated and when your mind is right and when you are so aligned with the holy spirit and you can hear his voice so clearly to you know follow the leading and um experience peace where they're you know needs to be peace and in decisions um i think that makes a huge difference because we could have we could have transferred three different times because of fears that came up the first one was a postpartum hemorrhage the second one was bleeding before labor even started Mm -hmm. which was super crazy and then the third one was um D cells, hard D cells, and then even a shoulder, a sticky shoulder. So mm-hmm. there was many different times that 
Um, we had to walk through our decision-making, pray, ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what should we do? Where's the peace at? Follow that. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that we had good support mm-hmm. and that we had, like, we trust each other. Because I know that I was looking to you and, like, if you you know, had said, we absolutely need to go, I would have trusted that. And I think we have grown so much in the past, well, 10 years now, but we've grown so much to like mutually trust each other, which is just a really beautiful place to be. And I, I don't think for our our first baby, we're quite there yet. And even for our first home birth, um, there was so much learning when it comes to like trusting each other, um, in that. Cause I know, that was one conversation that we had um, a lot because you were so nervous about home birth. Um, our midwife had said, well, if at any time Corey says that, you know, we should transfer and that home birth isn't safe, you know, you should probably trust his his leading and his prompting. And that literally, it shivers up my spine thinking oh my goodness he is he's so nervous about home birth one little thing and it's gonna send him over the edge and I'm for sure gonna be transferred and I I could just spiral from there but I think then going through the labor process you learned so much of you know to trust the work that I had done in my mindset and to trust the dream that God had put on my heart and then I was able to see that you were really leaning in and you were listening to the Holy Spirit there was so much prayer and reading the word and um you were just so in that experience that even when a scary moment came up the fear didn't drive you and that was such a huge testimony to me and I know over the years we've just grown in that area so much so uh when it came to our last birth Mm -hmm. um I think it played a huge part where, um, I mean, we were just talking about this experience the other day, but when it got a little scary, do you want to share from your perspective? And maybe this would help a husband out there who's thinking, well, what if something goes wrong? You know, what if, what if the baby is struggling or, or my wife is having problems, you know, am I going to know what to do? I think a lot of men are really afraid of feeling helpless. Um, can you speak into the, the helpless feeling um, and maybe just talk a little bit about our experience with our last baby? Yeah. In that situation, um, you were in a position that was <clears throat> slowing down Zion's heart rate. And so our midwife had checked the heart rate laid you on our bed um, and checked it, I don't know, a couple minutes later just to see. And it had gone back up. And in in the moment, though, it was, yeah, I mean, it was pretty scary. Um, there was a bit of, I think there was a, probably a, a moment of panic, right? Like in, in, all, in all of us for a second. Yeah. Not probably more than a I second. Didn't, but I it didn't. Wasn't, I didn't feel super panicked at all. I was like, well, if you didn't check it, I would have been fine. <laughs> I, would, I was feeling so fine in what I was doing. But then everybody else around me kind of caught their breath. And there was just like that, you know, 
oh my goodness, what do we do? And so I felt like everybody else's around me. Mm-hmm. And so I could have let myself spiral in that moment, but I kind of just let it play out and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the biggest thing is um, like we had we had a, like I said before, we had some sort of an exit strategy. So like if we needed to transfer, we could have transferred. That was an option that we had. And that was a great option. It was not an option I wanted to rely on, um, but it was an option that was there. So knowing that in the back of my mind, I don't want to jump to that. Uh, I think all of us just, I mean, I trusted our midwife to do what she needed to do, which check in the heart rate. And she did what she needed to do to make sure that Allie and the baby was going to be okay. So she was checking Allie. She was checking the baby's heart rate throughout and making sure that this was not going to happen again that too much stress was not being put on either of them so that you know they would be in danger um so while this initially is happening i'm just trusting i've I've had experience with this midwife um i am trusting what she is doing and i am also being aware like i i almost want to describe it as like just kind of shut down my i uh, it was almost like I, I, I was somehow maybe it was the Holy Spirit just cleared my mind. I was able to kind of sit back, take a step back and just observe and be and trusting. That's, I think, where trusting the midwife came into play and also being aware of what was just going on within me. So there was just a piece that kind of went throughout the room. I think everybody had that panic, but then everybody had that peace Mm -hmm. afterwards after the situation was evaluated after we kind of made a game plan of how to move forward i think there was kind of an unspoken thing of if the heart rate decelerates again we're gonna have to think about going in Mm -hmm. i think that was just i mean that was kind of the steps that that were being taken so there was a plan in place and I, I liked that plan. Having the plan there was great because now I know that you are not going to be hurt, that Zion was not going to be hurt. Um, you know, we, we had, we had uh, uh, I don't know, I want to say a way out. I don't know if that would be a, a, a good or a bad way to say it, but... Um, we had a plan B. We had a plan B for sure. So, but man, like, yeah, just the... every I want to note that everyone in that room was a believer. Mm-hmm. Everyone is attuned to the Holy Spirit. Everyone was praying throughout that room, I'm sure at very various different places in time. Um, and like there was just an awareness, I feel like, of um, there was a tuning into the Holy Spirit. And I feel like that trust into the Holy Spirit was ultra important. Uh, I would never want to do it without the Holy Spirit because yeah. that's um, that that's it right there. There's still plenty of logic that goes into it. There's still plenty of planning that goes into it. Um, there was reasons why I felt that a home birth would be okay versus a hospital birth. Um, there were reasons that we chose that. There were, you know, like I said, a plan B, but and you can't discount the Holy Spirit um, and just the power of um, his church uh, mm-hmm. in the situation of a home birth, specifically in this situation. Um, to move forward in that so yeah I remember I don't know if it was the night before but I had said Corey you better be praying over me and this baby when I go into labor (laughs) I just felt like there was such a battle in the last I mean granted I almost went to 42 weeks 
so there was, I think it was a day before 42 weeks. And so I was just starting to feel not panicky, but I, I felt like there was a battle out for me and this baby. And then during labor, when this happened, I'm just, you know, it, there was such an internal battle, this whole birth. And so I was so thankful, like you were saying, to know that everybody in that room was praying. Everybody in that room was aligned with the Holy Spirit and just listening for any promptings that he was telling us to do. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it any other way, any other way. So you have been and you are the best labor support ever (laughs) and I I would not want to go through birth without you um you're not too bad at the birthing thing yourself oh thank you Mm -hmm. you know I've done it once or twice so um (laughs) I know that there's so many husbands out there who want to be the best support for their wives and I I've talked to plenty of wives who are like, I want my husband to be the number one support, but they just kind of doubt their husband's ability. They don't obviously want to tell their husbands that, but they, they do. They feel like I want to be supported. And honestly, so many times I was hired as a doula because their wives kind of doubted their husband's ability to be the main support. And so I came in as, you know, the husband's support, the husband's doula, (laughs) where I would tell him, like I would coach him into being the best support person because ultimately that is what is best, right? Like we are living this life together. We, it's our, our baby. We made this baby and we both, you know, want you to be the main support. So I just, yeah, I, I really would love to hear, in your opinion, um, what were some things that you did to kind of, like, hype yourself up for supporting me during labor? What were some of the things that you know really helped me? And let's, let's just talk about men supporting their wives during birth and what that can look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest thing would be i mean you're you're right there as a husband you're right there with your wife as she is laboring and you are very hands-on so you are putting pressure i mean one of your things was putting pressure on your lower back Mm -hmm. so you'd stand up i'd stand up behind you and i'd put both palms of my hand on your lower back and that seemed actually all through all of your Mm-hmm. pregnancies I'm pretty sure that was yeah. the that was a ticket yeah so it's it's finding whatever feels good for your wife um but it is I mean man you are you're right there that whole time I don't did we have a doula when did we have a yeah we had we had so we had I I've described it here on the podcast as yeah. like a community birth so we didn't for our first one. We definitely had just like conventional hire the midwife, and then we had a doula. Or no, we had a photographer. We didn't really have a doula for that first one. Um, and then for our yeah, second, yeah, 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 that's the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, and so then for our second and third home births, it was more community centered. These are just 
they're my friends, they're my people. Yes, they're experienced in birth, um, but that's the world I live in. So, you know, we all kind of help each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of how I've explained it here on the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said about having other women who, you know, can tap you out when you get tired. Yeah, no, (laughs) and that's the thing because your wife's in labor and she's doing a lot of the hard work and I mean she's doing a lot all all (laughs) all excuse me all of the hard work okay um but you are you're up there supporting her as well you are standing up you're up uh all hours of the night just with her if she is sleeping you are sleeping and that's something that I really appreciated from our midwife is like okay she's gonna get some sleep why don't you go lay down with her and get some some should I um because we both know that I am going to be up when you are up. Uh, so there's not a time to where you're not laboring that I'm basically not laboring with you just in a different mm-hmm. way, right? Yeah. There's something to be said about the proximity. Mm-hmm. Just knowing you are near, you don't necessarily need to be doing anything the whole time. Although mm-hmm. the sacral pressure, that lower back pressure was definitely money. <laughs> yeah. If somebody wasn't doing it, you know, I, I was yelling for that to, right. to have happened but um just ha- knowing you were close mm-hmm. um was really really important to me yeah and i think even because and i'm so thankful for our midwife and our doula uh that they would relieve me to just take a break mm-hmm. <laughs> because putting pressure on somebody for hours and hours on end is pretty exhausting especially when you haven't had much sleep so them being able to give me breaks and um, go address the kids or whatever, you know, because the kids are in the house too for our, our last one. And Well, I mean, all of them, but mm-hmm. obviously we have more as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being able to go address them or just relieve me for, you know, a short time was really nice too. But still, like Allie's saying, the proximity was a thing. So even if I was being relieved for a couple of minutes, I was still right there with her. But I'm so thankful for for those women to be able to to take that role a little bit too. Yeah. And yeah, I think that is, it's so helpful. And, you know, we had my mom and my sister there Mm -hmm. and it was just, it felt like, it just felt like community and it felt like we were fully supported in so many different areas. Um, And I was, I was so thankful that that enabled you to be close. Mm -hmm. Um. But besides the sacral pressure and the proximity, is there any other tips or tricks that you have for first-time dads who've never been to a home birth before? Um, What would you suggest that they do to best support their wives while they're in labor? So the number one thing I would say is to pray uh, through it all. I think as being... The head of the household, you are, I mean, you're the primary decision maker and, and all of that, protector, all of that, and that's super, super important. Um, the thing about it is that us men will never experience what it is like to birth. Um, we will never experience the, the reality of going through contractions and just going through labor and pushing that baby out and what's best for... Uh, our bodies and doing that and so there is an element of 
asking your wife and having wisdom and seriously just praying into why she wants to do this and what is best for her and your family. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's kind of taking, not taking a step back and just letting her do whatever she wants to do. Um, but it is like seriously considering, okay, babe, what, what are you like? What are you feeling? Why do you want this? Let's think about this together. Let's I'll seriously consider it and just really pray about it and see what the Holy Spirit's doing. Is he giving you peace about it? Is he leading you away from it? Like, what is he doing? Is it, is it just, what are you operating out of? Are you operating out of fear? Um, What fear are you operating out of? You know, or is it, is it really that, um, yeah, like, what's your, I mean, considering all those things, your upbringing and all of that, that stuff, because Really, we need to to figure out where this is coming from, why we don't want to have a home birth or why we don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. and then really ask the Holy Spirit, ask God, like, what what is best for 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 us and our family? Mm-hmm. So, that would be that would be a huge thing is to to pray and and really take it with wisdom. Um, yeah, I think that's so that's so important, and I know that this is one of the biggest lessons that we've learned through all of this is how not to make decisions out of fear. There's been so many times in our life, and not just when it comes to birth, but just life in general, where we have to stop and assess, like, are we making decisions out of fear or a lack of faith or, you know, whatever it is? Um, how, why are we making this decision? And um, kind of having to assess that before we before we go all in. So we've learned a lot of lessons over the years. Um, and it's been because of birth too, which I think is really cool that some of our most memorable lessons, um, have been during that time. I know for me, just learning about that fear and learning about surrender, learning about trusting you, learning about intimacy during labor. Um, you know, we carry that into our marriages. And so I, I hope, listeners that you can see that there is a huge importance on labor because the lessons that you learn um, during labor are not going to be for nothing. You will carry them out through your life and they can greatly strengthen your trust in the Lord and deepen your relationship with him and your husband. Um, So really lean into it and do the work, do the mindset work, do the preparation, um, have the conversations with your spouse, uh, even, even the hard ones. I mean, we've had plenty of hard conversations about home birth and goodness, all the things. Um, and we get better because of it. And so don't let fear hold you back from even engaging in those conversations. So that was so good. Such a good conversation. Um, thank you so much for just being with me for 10 years and going through all these crazy experiences with me and building a life with me, with our wonderful children and coming on this podcast to share your wisdom and experience with others. So thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. Love you.
Well, I hope you loved today's episode as much as I did. It was so fun being able to bring my husband on and I'm so glad he agreed to doing that because I believe it's really, really helpful to hear from his perspective what to do in a husband's role and what that can look like and what a joy it is to have a home birth, um, especially coming from someone who was extremely hesitant about home birth. So it was so fun. And if you love today's episode, would you just take a minute, leave a written review. It really helps get this podcast into the ears of more women who are hoping and praying for a home birth, but don't feel like that there's a way or anybody out there doing that. So would you just take a minute and do that? Send it to a friend if you found it helpful. And if you yourself are really hesitant on having a home birth, if you don't really know the first step to take to even start preparing for a home birth in a Christ-centered way, schedule a free call with me. We get 15 minutes and I will help you get down to figuring out what that first step is for you to take in order to plan and prepare for a peaceful home birth. So schedule today at bit.ly slash 15confidence. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.